the horses are like, basically, it seems like they're just generating parables. <laughs> it is so true. And, and all the animals on this, I, I, I run mm. it out of a, this little hobby farm. And that's what I'm starting to realize more than ever, that it's just going on all around us. And we are missing it. You know, this yeah. cathedral the Lord built, mm. we're not in it. So we don't get to hear his voices clearly. And and it's not as much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it really brings a whole person into the discipleship experience. Hey, friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called Life on Life Discipleship, where we provide you with personal coaching and equipping on your journey to taking on apprentices to multiply disciples. So to learn more about this coaching intensive, visit 1kh.org slash discipleship. And if you're interested in learning more about a thousand houses in general and want to check out some of our other resources, head on over to 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. Awesome, everybody. Well, I'm excited to introduce you to Jeannie Handelsman. Jeannie, uh, thanks for being with me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Jeannie, is, uh, to tell us where you're at right now. I'm at my office. <laughs> this really is my office, and I thank God every day. So... <laughs> Yes. I do all my work out on the farm. Here's candy. And oh, shoot. Right behind us, there was the most beautiful cow in the world. Oh, and then nice. there's a herd of sheep over to the right. So I'm in my office. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my gosh. So um, I'm really excited to talk to Jeannie and introduce her to you guys. Because so one of the things as you guys know is we're diving into what disciple making looks like. And we're talking about really understanding what you're stewarding in the kingdom. And then finding ways to pass that on. And so Jeannie has a program that she's de developed over the years. And um, I think now all of my daughters have been through or are going through this program. So um, so I want to talk about kind of like, I, th I think this is such a good example of Jeannie, how you are stewarding what the Lord has given you and finding creative ways to totally be yourself, find ways to to pass this on to others. So I have a few questions that I think would be helpful for people just to to see like a case study of how this works. But um, describe a little, little bit about your ministry. Tell us what it is and and uh, tell us how, how it works. Okay. Um, well, it's called Freedom Path. And it's for, it started out for girls ages 12 and up, but it has kind of um, evolved into a ministry for ladies. And now we have another arm that is for couples, um, any couple, like you know, two sisters or, you know, a couple that's thinking about getting married or a husband and wife, anybody that wants to get to know one another better and get to know the Lord um, and do it in a fun way. And basically we use horses. And this was, this was my inspiration. She's my first horse. Um, and I got her as a gift from my husband. Um, and I just, as I started to, right when she came into my life was the same time that I actually 
really started to understand a little bit more about a personal relationship with Christ because I had not really, you know, I was, um, you know, going to church, but didn't understand the listening and the obedience part. And so it all kind of converged at the same time that I got this course. And so I did a lot of my listening and a lot of my obedience was tested with the Lord through candy. Um, and just as time went on, it was clear the Holy Spirit was like, okay, now you've seen what I've done with you here. Let, let's move this out to whoever, you know, I bring to you. Mm. So I don't know how it gets, it's a seven part program and it's all around courses and hearing God's voice basically. Yes. Man. So there, there are so many, like, I feel like aspects of things you've, you've woven together in this one program. So you've taken kind of the age group that you're really passionate to speak to. You've taken, you know, one of the most important lessons in your own spiritual journey, your own discipleship and learning to listen and obey Christ and horses, <laughs> like, which is a, which, so, and I think a lot of times people, I think when they think about discipleship, it's gotta be, you know, like some kind of classroom or it's gotta be, you know, and, and so what was it for you that, that helped you, especially understand that it might make sense to incorporate this, this kind of the, this part of your life, the actual, your love for horses and your passion for that. Mm. Well, I kind of think it, you know, my, one of my favorite verses is taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And so after I got the horse, um, which, and it just, was an incredible gift for me my whole life. I mean, from the moment of conception, I guess God put this passion in me for horses, but then he put and placed me in a home where horses were not a possibility. Mm. So I kind of spent my whole childhood and teenage years just pining over horses, but never really having any kind of access to them. I read every book. I was the kid that, you know, in the library, honestly, the librarian was like, would order horse books for me because I would just fly through them. Nice. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, as a kid, I think I didn't get how much that was God's plan. Um, but now, you know, as an old woman, I'm still a crazy horse woman because I didn't get to do it when I was younger. Mm. So as when the, when the horse entered my life and it brought me so much joy and I really started to understand, wow, I was created for this mm. and everything is for his glory somehow. Mm. So it just started to make sense. And then also the more I was around young people, I mean, we have six kids. I started to get a sense of just how desperately they needed to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. And for me, horses did that. I just, mm. Every time I'm around them, I think, whoa, God is so good. So it just kind of naturally turned towards a ministry. Man, I love that so much. Well, I think that one of the things, and I, as I've watched my daughters go through the program, it seems like that when there's something really disarming, you're, you're talking about really hard things. We're talking about like who you are and how to listen and how to obey these are, you know, for a lot of people, when you're sitting there at a coffee shop trying to disciple somebody to be obedient to the voice of God, there could be like a real heaviness about it. Like you're in, and there's something about the way that you are weaving together um, that this, that we're, we're all of the strength of that really does land on those you're training and discipling, but it, it's, it's very winsome and, and it begins to feel like 
kind of disarming. Like talk a little bit about how, how does the horses help? Um, how does that engagement seem like it really helps people embrace some of these lessons of discipleship and following Jesus? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, it's just the minute people get near a horse, it just changes them. And horses kind of reflect you. Like if you're fearful, they'll show some of that. Um, and so I think that um, just, I don't know, getting people out in nature and around something that they're not around that often just kind of puts everybody on the same playing level and we let our defenses down and they want to learn. Mm. Um, and also as this has progressed, you know, the Lord has just, I'll just show up now, you know, and create a great environment for them to learn or see. And then the Lord always does something with the horse that I would not do that speaks right to that person. I, I'm not kidding you. It happens mm. over and over and over. Um, I mean, I just had a young lady who is um, very filled with anxiety, totally afraid to ever be separate and on her own and away from her sister, um, away from her mom. And it was really funny when she showed up. Okay. This was not normally the case. I get to the barn and her horse had to separate from a horse that it's normally with. Okay. And so she had to watch me do this process. And I was like, Oh, why I should have done this before she got here. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to separate these horses. And I had to explain mm. to her how, you know, these two don't like to be separated. And as I separated them and we watched this horse named spur, start to settle in and settle down. Like I felt that nudging of the Holy spirit saying, point this out. Mm. He's okay. Mm. Cause I'm with him. I'm yeah. everywhere. So things mm. like that wow. just seem to happen all the time. Yeah. Um, so mm. it's just getting them in an environment that is different and interesting and fun and yeah. then letting the Holy spirit show up <laughs> and not blocking it. So. Yes. Well, it really reminds me, I mean, when Jesus was making disciples, he, was, he wasn't he was in a classroom. He wasn't in a coffee shop. He was primarily walking in nature. He was, you know, pointing out things like, oh, you see that person scattering seed? The kingdom of God is like, you know, he's just constantly making references to nature and connecting them to spiritual lessons. And I think sometimes we, we've become a people that are very separated from a lot of those natural, we've, we've separated kind of nature from spiritual life. And so it seems like, and, and we've, we've kind of developed a, a very abstract kind of faith. And it seems like when you make those connections, basically when the horses are like, basically it seems like they're just generating parables <laughs> for, you, for learning. It's so true. It is so true. And, and all the animals on this, I, I, I run mm. it out of a, this little hobby farm and that's what I'm starting to realize more than ever, that it's just going on all around us and we are missing it. You know, this yeah. cathedral the Lord built, mm. we're not in it so we don't get to hear his voice as clearly and, and it's not as much fun <laughs> mm. as he yes. is. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it really brings a whole person into the discipleship experience. And I think I think that what we have to do, and this is one of the things that, 
because we do live in such a, um, I guess, just disintegrated world, right? Where learning is, it happens in this almost factory style, like get people in classrooms or um, that, you know, I really think that people need to be creative uh, about how to, you know, how, how to get people into different environments. Um, and so we talk about life on life, right? But part of that is just being present in nature. And, and like, we, we also like Jesus discipled people in kind of an immersive way, which meant that they kind of left their normal place. And we see this a lot of times, I think probably the closest experience people have in the spiritual world is going on retreats. Like, you know, you guys run this program called Outback, which is a similar, you know, getting people out of their normal life. One of the things I love about Freedom Path is that this could just happen in your normal week. Like you, people can show up, spend a couple of hours, you know, be um, with a horse and be in nature and just be constantly learning lessons about Jesus. So there, I feel like that that process of just hey, let's extract you from this very, you know, disintegrated world and bring you into a fully integrated world with with you know, and then you're just immersed in God's design and. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen other examples of this, but I, I think this is, seems like it's it's pretty rare. And what I'm really excited about, Jeannie, is that like you kind of put your finger on this somehow and said, okay, I'm going to faithfully steward, you know, year after year, inviting people into a process of learning in, in this fashion. So um, any other details that you would give in terms of like, um, if somebody is sort of hearing this and thinking, man, I really want to set something up that's a little more in nature, a little more immersive. One of the things you said already is maybe you don't need to have a big agenda. You know, maybe you just need to be like a real good, like observer of what's happening around you. And um, like, maybe talk a little, little bit about that. Like, how do you draw parallels? Um, yes. How do you, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Like, how, how does that, how, how do you as the sort of discipler experience this sort of time with those that are coming into Freedom Path? I, I really think in looking back and how it has evolved, I mean, the very beginning, I was such a nervous wreck trying to start it, but I also knew that the Lord was calling me to start it. And, you know, I did try to keep it a little bit more, okay, this is the order of it, but I would show up and just start to see how God was like, oh my gosh, let me have, have my way. Let me just show you things, okay? Can you just move out of the way and hold the horse? It won't work out. And time and time again, it has. I mean, I remember my um, one of my first, my very first Freedom Path, actually. I was testing it on a group of women. And one of the things the Lord said, most horse programs, you show up and they will ask you how much experience you've had or they will you know, look at how tall you are and who's the smallest, who's the tallest. And, but one of the things, you know, as I journaled through this and was hoping I was hearing the Lord, but he kept saying, I want to pick the horse for my people. Mm. I know them. And so I'm, I, I mean, I became a horse person when I was 40. So I wasn't like this amazing horse person either. Mm. So that, that just looked weird to people, but that's when the miracles first started because all the horses have a story. And if I let people, I, you know, I say a prayer and we just pick it out of a helmet and they get matched up with a certain horse. And there's always something that the Lord is trying to do with that person mm. that I would have no idea of. Um, I mean, the first, that first group I had, 
a really tall woman and I was leasing a really kind of small pony along with another group. And Mm. the whole time I'm driving, I'm going, please don't let that tall woman get that little horse. I'm going to look like (laughs) a fool. And sure enough, the tall Mm. woman got a little horse. But, and then I had a little woman who got a big horse. Mm. By the end of that whole session, and it's seven sessions, the woman with the tall horse who had experience with horses and people that know horses know that a lot of times ponies are a hassle. And this was a very mischievous pony. And this woman could handle this. I mean, she was tall enough that nothing was going to happen to her, but mm. she could actually have fun. It mm. brought her back to days when she was a little one. And none of the other ladies would have been able to handle this smaller horse just because he was kind of just kind of quirky um but the lady that got the tall horse the little lady that got the tall horse that horse wouldn't trot to save your life Mm. he would stay way behind the crowd and what the lord was revealing to her was you are so worried about being in the middle and hearing what's going on with people that you are not listening to me. And I have so much to tell you. So we would all be up in a pack and she would be way in the back and that horse would be moving as slow as molasses. Mm. But by the end, she learned how beautiful that was. It was amazing. And so I just, um, I feel like it just naturally is going on. And when you click into your passion, you know, something that you just already want to get up and do, you will find the Lord in the middle of that. And he will make ways for you to share him because that's why he put it in you. That's the only reason he put it in you is that you would use it to bring people to him. And I yeah. don't care what it is. You know what I mean? It's yes. baking, sewing, <laughs> yes, whatever that we love. He wants to shine through it. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is so helpful. Gina. That's, a, that's a kind of a good place to sort of sum up. You know, I really want all you guys who are listening to this to really get creative about what what is the Lord placed inside of you? Are there are there places that you want to take those you're discipling that that will be fertile ground for the parables that God wants to to speak to them through His nature? And I love that that word. Let me pick the horse for them. Um, I think that that is a you know because I think you're you're, out, you're kind of doing two th- things. They, they say that you know discipleship especially is better caught than taught. But when you're in a very sterile environment, all you can do is teach. But you just you they can catch faith from your faith. I mean, you're demonstrating like I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to trust the Lord. We're going to put names in a hat, and people are going to get paired up with a particular horse, and we're just going to trust that God has a reason for that decision. And we want to give him more space to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you just, you're stewarding, um, a, a time frame uh, as opposed to just like really trying to just drive home messages. You're, you're really letting the Holy spirit speak, um, and work through that. So yeah. Any last things you would say to somebody who's thinking about putting together a little, a disciple making well, kind of process? Also, come here, yeah. It gives them confidence because they see that we're doing it together. You know what I mean? Because then they start picking it out. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, we did something with your daughters. And and it was like, OK, you know, why, why, oh why is this horse giving you such a hard time? And your daughter was like, because I need to speak up. I need to speak up. So then they start going, 
wow, he's out here. I, I need to look for him. G this isn't Jeannie's God. This is mm -hmm. somebody who wants to connect with me and, you know, that I need to fall in love with. So mm -hmm. I just, he will show up. I think that's yeah. the best way is that we think he won't and he always does. Yes. Amen. Yeah. That's trust that you're not, you're, you are leading people to follow Jesus. So he's the, the Holy Spirit is the real discipler. And one of the things I think Eugenie, you're saying is, is just, you know, set the table for the Holy Spirit uh, to do work with people as opposed to just think, oh, I've got to, I've got to transform people through the the strength of my teaching or through my will. It's like, no, no, no. Like just relax, you know, create a, an environment in which the Holy Spirit can move, make it authentic to you and what you have to give and how you like to lead and then invite people into that process and see what God does with that. So super helpful. Thank you, Jeannie, for sharing uh, that process with us. This is really inspirational. You just said it beautifully. <laughs> well, yeah, thank and you. And I'm so glad that I got to be with all your girls. It's been a real, real honor, truly. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for what you've done with them. And thanks for hey, sharing candy with us. See you, Candy. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a deep desire to actually make disciples in your context, but you simply don't know how, we'd love to invite you to apply for our coaching intensive called Life on Life Discipleship, where you're going to work through online content and receive personal coaching on this journey to making disciples that multiply. So for more information and to apply for this coaching, head over to 1kh.org slash discipleship. We'll see you for the next episode.